welcome to another episode of the Africa Business Sport Podcast with myself, Adam Spio, and my ever-present co-host, Jabu Mtua. Today, we're going to Cameroon to look at the football ecosystem there and just have a very exciting conversation with an individual who has been doing so much great work there, such that he's creating change within the ecosystem. Jabu, who do we have for our audience today? Today, we have the pleasure of having a conversation with one of the leading individuals who are creating change within Cameroonian football and particularly in the grassroots through his organization, Peshikor Football Association. Yes, I'm speaking about Paul Dreisbach, the co-founder and president of Peshikor Football Association. Paul, welcome to the Africa Business of Sport podcast. It's such a pleasure to connect with you again. Yeah, of course. Thanks so much, guys. Happy to be here and I'm excited about this conversation. At Petricor, on your website, when you ask the question, what is Petricor? Um, I'll read it out because I think it's so beautiful. Petricor is the smell of fresh rain falling on dry earth. It is a signal of new hope, growth, and something exciting just around the corner. We stand for hope and new opportunities. Beautiful description to describe what your philosophy is. How does that translate to your day-to-day operations? And what is the vision and mission that Petricor has for football? in Cameroon and in Africa as a whole? Yeah, I think it's a good question. Uh, yeah, like you said, the name uh, is really unique in the sense that it it stands for that concept of um, new opportunities, um, innovation, change, kind of a catalyst for what's new. Uh, I mean, just the concept itself means it's, it's after a drought or a very dry season when rain hits the earth for the first time. You know that like interesting smell you know, after that first rain, that's what Petrichor is. And um, I actually learned, kind of side note, I learned this fact, I don't know the exact numbers, but um, you know how sharks can smell blood in the water from, yeah. I don't know, oh, right. a mile away or something? Yeah. Um, I, I found out that animals can sense the chemical in the air, which is Petrichor, after a drought. So they can smell the where water hits the earth very far away after a drought where they need water, right? So it kind of draws animals to uh, the water. So it's a really interesting metaphor to use as far as, you know, when new growth is happening, when exciting things are changing, when water's finally come, things are happening, right? So it's a it's an interesting moment to be a part of new growth. Underneath all of that was we clearly are one part of this. But our coworkers, colleagues, friends in Cameroon, they have all the skills, experience. They're smarter than I am. Everyone, they have everything they need. So what we wanted to do was be that moment of Petrichor where we're bringing in just that extra bit of innovation or access to the education. We're bringing in that moment to help what already exists become better. So that really goes into the vision and mission for what we do as we exist to support and build capacity for local clubs and academies in Cameroon. So we work a lot with leaders and coaches and future leaders specifically uh, to really help come alongside and fill the gaps wherever they might need them to help them be the best they can be. And obviously there's a lot more to it, but at the core, that, that's why we're in there. I know Cameroon is one of the greatest sporting nation on the continent because of the kind of success they've attained during the as Afcons because of the prominence of players like Jamba Jamba and Bema, Samuel Eto, 
we go back song and the others. What was the main reason why you started to choose Cameroon? What was it about their football landscape that attracted you? You know, what and since you've been there, what are some of the challenges that you've seen apart from the very clear ones? How do you believe the competitive balance can be shifted from what it is right now with regards to the domestic league to a much better one where we see that even if, even though in the UK, for example, the women's league is nowhere close to the men's league, it's still on the path of growing and growing very well. Yeah, those are good questions. I think there's a lot to unpack there. First off, we chose Cameroon mainly because uh, my co-founder was living there, working in an international school. I uh, was very connected to the football landscape. He was actually coaching for one of the teams playing professionally in the women's league just to stay connected to you know the football sector kind of you know see what's going on in that world and after a few years of doing that he realized along with some of his colleagues and coaches that there was a big gap for youth development women's football coaches education a lot of the structure that was needed underneath the top leagues to to feed up into those top leagues so i mean that was originally why why we chose cameroon he was there had good connections he tapped me and you know, we'd been friends for a really long time. Uh, we played football in university together. And yeah, so we built the basics of what Petrocore is, not knowing, you know, if it would be a month, six months, six years, but just built that um, initial infrastructure and systems kind of in place for how youth enter the game, how we can break down barriers, make it more accessible, um, and provide a bit of structure to the, you know, from the grassroots up to the pro level. Which is, that's a big gap, but, you know, oftentimes there's a lot of holes in that journey. Kids fall in and out of it, or, you know, it's either too expensive or too far or not accessible. And there's a lot of different issues in that space. So, yeah, that's why, that's why Cameroon um, and a bit of uh, what we started in the beginning. As far as, you know, what that looks like to support the top leagues, um, I mean, like you said, Cameroon's an amazing football nation. We've loved being a part of it. And, you know, it's an honor to have our moment in the story of Cameroonian football. So uh, we understand the responsibility and appreciate where we're at at the moment and our, our small role in this. But like I said, I mean, a big part of what was missing was all the support systems that fall underneath the top leagues. And even the top leagues themselves aren't run super well, to be honest. You know, there's a lot of different issues. There's players aren't treated well. It's not professional. Sometimes the, uh, or oftentimes the actual pitches themselves. It's just, there's a lot of lacking professionalism that the players deserve um, and the coaches deserve and all the work they put into it. So there's, a, there's definitely a lot of issues at the top as well. But, you know, our kind of mandate from the beginning was to address the issues of structure, pathways, coaching capacity, academy development. Um, and that's where we've we've stayed in. Our goal, hopefully, is to build that kind of complete pathway and structure for youth to move up into those top leagues to consistently provide talent and leaders um, and education around the game. So that, that, that's a big part of where we focus. Educode has different aspects to it. One might think it's a youth academy. Others might see it as a coaching education provider because of the different segments, if you want to call it that, to Petrico. You've got Petrico Elite, you've got Petrico United. Could you just talk us through the different aspects of Petrico and what it entails on a day-to-day -day basis? What's your philosophy that you try to push through 
on all those different aspects every single day? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and we've been working from the beginning to try to make that clear, but sometimes it's hard when you have so many things going on. At the very basic level, Petrocore is a, you know, it's a football association in the sense that we work with members. So we don't have a traditional academy ourselves, you know, where we go out and scout and select players and only work with those players. Our model was built around how can we flip that the opposite way and become kind of a decentralized uh, support-based capacity building organization that supports the clubs that are already in existence. So probably just like where you're at, there's so many different small academies and clubs that exist that just don't have the access or the connections or the education to become sustainable. So what we do is we accept members from the different communities around Yaoundé, Cameroon, and meet them where they're at. So some some academies might need help with licensing, uh, more technical stuff as an academy. Some of them might need help with coaches' education. So we really kind of come alongside each academy and help develop that academy to become sustainable so that they can do the best in the community. Because they're, they're the ones that know the community. They know everyone, they have the connections, they know the kids, they know the industry much more than we do. So it's not really our place to even do that. Our place and our role is to come alongside them and be like, what do you need? How can we help you? So that's our member model. So we we work with a lot of different people in the communities as members. And then these leaders actually work with the clubs in their community. Um, so that's kind of our community's arm of what we do as far as our members and where we get kids and leaders and coaches. The elite, the elite pathway is think of it as an all-star team. So we have 10 member clubs right now. So the best kids on all of the U15 teams across all member clubs. So a member club from Green City and Elot and Social Duombam or something like that, all the best 13 kids are selected for an elite team that falls under Petrocore. That's kind of our higher performance uh, player pathway. So the kids that show a lot of promise also have an outlet, um, you know, to go up the pathway to play on where they can get to. So Petrocore Elite is is the higher level performance as far as, uh, you know, where those kids can get to. The thing that, that we appreciate and have been intentional about is they still live at home. They still play with their academy, but they also play with us for elite games and trainings. So think of it as uh, a bit of like a, a country and a club. So, you know, a player will play for his club on his league games, and then when he's called up to his national team, he's playing with them. But we don't take the players out specifically because in our experience, we think it's um, at least at that age, we think it's important for them to be at home, be at school, be where they live with their family. And then when they play for elite, they come play with us. There's a whole different set of of benefits like we actually pay for all of the education for all of the elite players as well so 100 percent, their education is paid for um and we're hoping to add different benefits to that as well and we just recently began our own division two club in cameroon as well which will start with the women's team on the women's side so we're joining the league with the women and so now we have that's kind of the the cap the top of the pathway as far as we start working with these kids in the communities through the member clubs all the way down to, you know, sometimes eight years old even. And from there, they go all the way through kind of our membership activities as members and tournaments and leagues. 
if they're selected as an elite player, they play elite. From elite teams, they can be on our Division Two club if they make it all the way. So now there's kind of a complete journey within Petrocore where a player can move all the way through. And then the next kind of gap, the next level is a whole different conversation. But as far as kind of wrapping it up in a semi-complete system, that's what we've built in Cameroon. For me, I really like the fact that you guys have gone above and beyond for women's football in Cameroon. And even its impact will have a ripple effect in the whole of Africa because for a very long time, our ladies just haven't been given their attention. And Jabu and Ella, a colleague of ours, wrote about the commercial opportunity of women's football in Africa. I also developed an article on looking at the sponsorship potential of African women's football. And you said something very interesting where now you've created or you're on the verge of creating a women's team for the Division 2. Now, let's go back to last year, March 2022, where Petrico partnered with La Liga to bring an initiative that focused on U13 and U15 for the women's team. Take us through that process and how that experience was for you and your co-founder. Yeah, thank you. Um, good question. That's It's a... It's been a great journey with La Liga. We've learned a lot. And I think the most important part is the girls are having fun and in a safe and, you know, productive way. Uh, the impact, you know, really needs to focus on the kids. So um, I think that's something La Liga saw in us. You know, to be honest, it was, I don't know exactly now, uh, maybe three years ago or something like that. Uh, we got connected with La Liga just being in the football industry and their presence in Cameroon and uh, some other business development work. And so they've known about us for a while. We knew that they were there. The important thing is we were already doing this work. We are, our requirement to build girls football within our members was already there. You know, so we were already focused on how can we build um, youth girls leagues? How can we add in women's coaching education? Um, so when we met Lolia and proposed them about the project, it wasn't quite ready. I think, honestly, and this is important to your audience and other people starting, um, even us, you know, as a, a bit of an established organization, groups like La Liga need to make sure that their partners are legit, you know? So uh, they, I, I think what was happening is they were vetting us, you know, they were just watching. Are, are these guys responsible uh, do they do what they say they do do they follow through do they show up on time um do they track stuff you know they were just watching to make sure uh we were who we said we were and we actually invested in this stuff and followed through so when the time came for the next league uh as far as youth girls um the time was right you know so the liga came on board and we established la league d'egalité which is the equality league for girls and made it a more formal league which addresses all kinds of really interesting needs in the ecosystem. So yeah, like you said, it's a it's a league for U15 and U13 girls. And underneath all of that, there's a coaching education course for female coaches as well. And, you know, we're in the middle of our second uh, version of, you know, impacting up to 600 girls, 60 coaches. It's just been incredible to see when you open that door and provide a quality pathway for these girls, the demand is there, you know, and it's been there for a long time. So it's overdue that these programs are happening. And as far as how that connects to our division two, you know, it's really just helped us put more focus and attention on the girls' development so that when we are ready to join that league, 
They've had a lot more league experience as youth. They understand a bit more of what a, what a season looks like. You know, a league season, home away, getting the mentality of training, games on weekends. Because as you know, much of, you know, youth football in Africa, at least, there are definitely leagues, but a lot of it's based around tournaments. So there's a tournament occasionally. Someone puts on a tournament. Teams in the communities will practice, practice, practice for a few weeks, go to the tournament, and then it's over. And nothing happens for six months until there's another tournament. So what? All, there's nothing wrong with tournaments, but what's lacking is the consistency of training, the consistency of leadership development through the, what the kids can learn through sport. So underneath all of this league play and, you know, the media around it and the great stories and all that, underneath of it, I find some of the most important lessons are we're kind of teaching our leaders how to run a league itself and the importance of logistics, admin, sports management around just things like insurance and how to deal with refs and how to pay on time and be professional and how to talk to the media and, you know, how to make sure you manage the people lining the field, all the little details that go around putting a league on every day consist or every Saturday consistently. Some of those lessons just haven't been modeled yet. So yes, the league itself is great, but I really enjoy, appreciate being a part of what goes on underneath all of that, which for me is more long-term development and education. Because now these leaders can grow, they know how to run a league, they can go run a league in their community you know, they, they, they have the tools now. So there's a lot more going on than just, you know, obviously what you see on an article uh, that we really appreciate as far as how we're actually a part of building that youth landscape and the lessons that go alongside of that. Well, just to touch a bit on the education, because I am very big on education in anything, especially in sports and here in Africa for a very long time, what our people are only educated in is the on pitch activities or what you watch on football but they really do not get to understand the business side of football and how it can really improve your game what kind of education do you give to these community leaders and is it sad that they have to get a certification where they can then use those transferable skills in other roles i'd like to really understand the kind of education that you provide and does it also trim down to the athletes themselves because i'm sure you've come across a lot of boys and girls who may not necessarily go pro but they have the ability to, you know, adapt themselves and get on certification and skills with education to come to a vital part of the sports industry. Yeah, it's a great question and a very important, uh, a very important aspect to this space. So far, our main focus has been on coaching education. So specifically to sports leadership, sports psychology, um, all the things revolving around what it takes to be um, a good coach, specifically to football right now, but we all know, you know, the concepts can transfer over to many different industries. So we do a lot of work with our coaches and community coach education. Uh, below that, I touched on it briefly, but all of our elite players get all of their education paid for in their school. So, you know, we meet with their school and their family, sort out how that all works and make sure they're doing a good job. Because that's also important to make sure they're continuing what they do in their school, which who knows? Maybe, I mean, you guys can tell me. Maybe maybe we're doing it wrong on their schools and their communities and putting them somewhere else. We like to keep them where they're at because they're leaders, you know, and that's where they need to be leading and be an example. So we cover the education for all elite players and hopefully all Petra Corps members 
kids at some point based on capacity. But then with our coaches, you know, we do a lot of the coach development and education. We are just now dipping our toes into the space of like internships and mentoring, as, as you know, and as you said, like very few will actually make it pro. So it's our responsibility to provide everything we can for these different outlets on vocational training. So as part of the La Liga uh, partnership, we're, we're going to be introducing just simple things like English classes, basic tech literacy alongside of the league that that will build on some of these basic tools for each season. They'll build on that to become you know more educated in that space. So we're just starting that. Um, and then the long-term goal will be have a list of different companies, organizations, clubs that can take interns. So for example, one of our players was actually kind of unofficially interning with our social media manager. She was helping her with translations, kind of on the ground aspects of what's going on and how to how to put together really good social media stories and learning what is that world. So we like to focus on, you know, there's the sports journalism, there's sponsorships, there's sports business, there's operations. There's all these different aspects that these kids can definitely be a part of down the road. And so we're just now starting to get our heads around how do we create a pathway for kids to learn this, get in this space and thrive because that's, they just need this experience. You know, a lot of you guys, there's so many educated and super intelligent leaders across the continent, but there's just not the opportunities for them to use it. So we want to provide those outlets through a, a bit of a network of different clubs like ours to help plug in these leaders to the, the sport industry. Paul, I really admire the holistic approach that Petricorp seems to have in not only developing the on-pitch capabilities of young boys and girls, but also going into communities and you know, locally in those smaller areas which really need these skills and development and education. And you're providing that through football, which I truly admire. And just to comment on your previous point, and you spoke about the women's football landscape within Cameroon and how you're trying to develop that through, you know, launching a league in collaboration with La Liga for young girls to also have the experience of regular season, week-by-week -week games. I mean, it's very important. And... I think it's no surprise because I've seen, I've identified you as an individual of um, much integrity and who is really pushing for the development of women's sports within Africa. I've watched a couple of webinars over the past year um, when you spoke about women's football and topics around that, as well as your appearance at World Football Summit Africa in November last year, when you were part of a session speaking about women's football and how to develop it throughout the continent. So... I have to say I'm very much encouraged by what you're doing with Petricor and all the incredible team and colleagues that you work with in terms of building women's football in Cameroon. And who's to, who's to say when 20, 2027 for the World Cup, say the Cameroon women's team qualify for that World Cup, I think you know any development that happens within Cameroon women's football, um, a lot of that credit will definitely go to Petricor just due to the small steps that you are taking, which we really appreciate. And on the engagements that you are part of, you regularly are seen in webinars, you're on this podcast right now. You're an individual that is very engaging and is willing to share ideas and exchange experiences. And speaking about that in particular, how much those, how much more of those people do we need within the African football industry? How important is collaboration, not only between organizations and companies, but between people 
while working within the industry to really push in the same direction together. Yeah. Wow. That's such an awesome point. Uh, yeah, I'm really glad you brought it up because that's, you know, something at the core of, you know, what we do, why we do it. Uh, it it's, it's just relationships on building trust and collaboration and partnerships. And we've, we've seen it from the beginning. Um, I mean, our whole, I mean, as you may have seen, our whole model is built on collaboration, working with other groups and helping them work together better. And it may seem like a very simple movement, but just the fact of moving an elite player from five different teams onto one team, that took a long time to build that trust because a lot of people didn't think, oh, you're just stealing our best players. You're just taking the credit. You're doing all this, right? Um, and it's like I said, it seems simple, but building that level of trust for the common good is teaching and being an example of how collaboration can be powerful in a way that we're hoping lasts much longer than us. I mean, that's on kind of the grassroots granular level on a higher level between organizations, federations, um, different companies and even sponsors and such. There's a huge need for collaboration and partnership. And I think what we're trying to do is be over collaborative just to kind of make up for the lack of collaboration. Um, because as, as you know, everyone tries to hold everything in themselves. Like, this is my thing. I don't want you messing with it. I've done everything. Like if I let you in and it's natural, like you want to protect what you've built. It's a very natural thing. And we feel it to some extent too, but we've, from the beginning, we've committed to ourselves and accountable to ourselves to be like, look, we're here to build something for the community here that will hopefully last much beyond us. They need to be able to bring in their skills, their their ideas and everything that can make this much better than anything I could ever do. So, but to make that happen, you have to be open to different ideas, collaboration. We like to say holding things with your hands open instead of holding it with your hands closed, which just me, we like to hold things with our hands open because we know there's going to be leaders and there already are that are much more intelligent and passionate than us it will come along and take that and do something amazing with it. Um, so one example of uh, collaboration was um, our partnership with Goals for Girls. And you know, I think you might know Lola, um, and she was at World Football Summit as well. So part of our La Liga partnership, and, and honestly, I said something too, like in our programs working with girls, something we did not do well was providing the the curriculum and education around issues that girls face in Cameroon on a daily basis. We, and that's just a mistake. We're willing to like say we make mistakes, right? So we knew this was something we needed to develop and figure out. But again, I'm not the right person to do that. It's not appropriate for me um, to be be giving girls seminars, right? Like especially at that age, dealing with these sensitive topics. So we need like, look, who's doing this well? Who's the professional in this space? Who can connect well and make sure this is done right? And Lola and Goals for Girls were doing that. So that's a great, a great example of collaboration and the fact that some organizations would say, look, let's just create our own thing. Let's keep this in house and do it ourselves. We don't need to give someone else credit or let them take part of this or whatever. And we're like the opposite please come in and do this because you're much better at it than we are. And in the end, if it 
provides a better service to the kids and the girls. That's what it's about, you know? So our name, Petricor, my name, whatever, like you can ask anyone. It doesn't, I mean, it doesn't really matter. As long as the impact is happening well for the kids and the system's being built right, that's what it's about for me. And that, that concept of thinking, maybe thinking less of yourself and more about the quality of the projects, I think needs to happen more. Because um, a lot of people find their identity in my team or my club or how many games I've won or what players I have. And we do our best to find our identity in how how much impact do our programs have and is this sustainable? And addressing the issues that a lot of the grassroots African context has. So that's kind of where we find our, our identity. And I would be more sensitive if you know, our programs weren't doing that. That's where I might get me like, oh no. But um, for now, we find our identity in like making sure the impact lands right and that these programs actually have legs to grow and, and build uh-huh. something that can last a long time. You know, that's really powerful because, and this is a word I always use and I've used a number of times on some recordings, the word Ubuntu, the South African word Ubuntu, which means I am because you are. And you can yep. only create any form of sponsorship or collaboration with another person when you think of what they can give you and what you can give you. So what you can give them, sorry. So shared win-win values, shared win-win situations. And that's so powerful because it means that you guys are, number one, willing to make mistakes and learn from them. And number two, willing to create synergies with people and give them the credit when they can't you know, be given the credit. Here in Africa, we see so many People want to do things on their own. And it's not like they're experts. They're actually not experts in this. But they try to always do things on their own so that credit don't go to other people. They may feel as though other people want to steal the ideas. But when you come with an open mindset and believe that there are people who are probably in the space doing the same thing or better, and we can learn from them and bring our resources together to create a better impact, let's go in for that. And that is really, really powerful. Ladies and gentlemen, there we have it. This is Paul Dreisbach, a really experienced individual here in Africa doing amazing things, not just for football, but for women's football in Cameroon and the continent wide. Paul, we look forward to creating more synergies with you potentially meeting at the next WFS Africa and just sharing ideas and really creating change in the industry. To our audience, thank you for spending time with us listening and enjoying this conversation. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it. Oh, 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 oh,